Hello and welcome to Life of the School, episode 119. Hello, my name is Aaron Matthew, and I'm a biology teacher from Massachusetts. And on Life of the School, I sit down with a panel of life science teachers, and we talk about issues that face us in our classroom. Normally, we're a group of four, but this week, we're, again, just the three musketeers missing Ryan out as we uh, <laughs> as we lose him to volleyball season uh, yet again. Uh, but uh, we're going to introduce ourselves with the uh, goofy question, what is your current cell phone wallpaper or lock screen? And so joining us from Arizona <laughs> is Tanea Hibbler. Welcome, Tanea. Hi. Uh, I don't know. Can you see that? <laughs> this is a, it's a picture yes. of me, uh, from when I was 16. I was say, is that, is that Rihanna? Uh, I wanted to be a, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be a supermodel and we didn't have a lot of money growing up, but my mother, uh, there was this photographer guy at, uh, the karate dojo that my little sister went to. <laughs> and, um, so she hired him to take some photos of me. I actually think he has we never got half the photos because I don't think she ever paid him the half the rest of the money. So that some dude has all these pictures of me, but anyways. Um, so yeah, I have a picture of my 16 year old self that I dream about sometimes, you know, <laughs> that's like, that's like the body where I'm like, that used to be my body. And now like after having two children and well, sitting in my closet during the pandemic and all that. And <laughs> that's like, um, I don't want to, I don't want like, I don't want the brain that I had there and the, the lack of self-confidence and that type of stuff, but I want the body back. But, but you know, I like the 45 year old me now. <laughs> All right. This is like a very revealing, uh, revealing opening question. <laughs> uh, also joining us from Texas, Lee Ferguson. Welcome Lee. Hello. So I don't even know what my picture is going to tell you about me, but I'll tell you what it is. So we used to have, um, we had a workroom that had all mm -hmm. our copiers and stuff in it. And we had somebody who ran the copiers, right? And she had decorated the walls in there with um, <laughs> movie quotes, you know, from all these different movies she had written in, in chalk on these big pieces of black paper. And I remember one night I was in there running stuff off and I saw a quote from the movie Zombieland. Like, yep. have y'all seen that movie? Yes. Okay. So it's actually a really excellent film, right? So the quote from Zombieland is Woody Harrelson's, it's time to nut up or shut up. <laughs> and that is the picture that is on my, my wallpaper <laughs> is a picture of that quote. And what was really funny about that is that that quote was written in such a way that it was hiding behind the copier. Like, I don't think anybody ever <laughs> noticed it. <laughs> and I remember one night I was in there. I was like, oh, my God, is that does that say what I think it says? It does. And I took a picture of it. <laughs> But I don't think anybody ever saw it. So nobody ever complained about it. And is it still there right now? No, sadly. Uh, um, that was a long time ago. You, you but documented it. Picture still. <laughs> yes. Uh, so so mine is like, I, again, I, why do I go last? I need to go first. This is what I'm learning. Is I need to go. I need to reorder <laughs> this. So I go first because my answers are boring. But um, I will I will put mine up. I don't know if you can see this. But it's the, uh, it's the Venice Boardwalk. Aww. Uh, at sunset. Oh. Um, and so one of my trips out to, to 
LA. I actually think it was for NSTA LA. Um, on the last day of NSTA LA, um, uh, a good friend of mine who teaches out in LA, um, Antonio, who uh, is teach, who we got to meet when we were, we, we shared a fellowship. We had both done a fellowship one summer and we got to meet. And um, so it was like the last day of NSTA LA and the workshops were dining, winding down. And um, he just took me and like toured me around Southern California. And so we went out and um, we just hung out. We went and saw the, the tar pits, um, which I had seen once before with him. And then we went out to Venice Beach and we walked Venice Beach and he took me to this like awesome place to get tacos. And he's from Mexico City. So I trusted him to pick wherever we were going to eat. And damn, it was good. And I took this picture right behind the place afterwards. We, wa- <laughs> we walked up there and then he took me to the Santa Monica Pier. So I got like all I got like a full L.A tour in like six hours at the on the last day that was there oh wow um so it's it's one of those sort of like memories that i i'm not a very good photographer i don't think of myself as a good photographer but i took like a couple of very cool pictures of of these kids playing basketball on the beach and then some skateboarders uh uh, so I don't know. There's part of me that's very, there's an LA part of me as much as there's a Boston part of me. There's also an LA part of me. Um, and this, this picture reminds me of, <laughs> of that trip. Um, and then behind the, my, my other wallpaper is my, my, my now six year old dog when she was a puppy. <laughs> so, so those are my, those are my sort of daily memory pieces that I get. All right. Well, so these are, our, uh, these are our keepers. These are the things that we keep with us all the time. Look at that. This is, this is called a professional transition. Um, and so, <laughs> So, so this year we wanted to talk about, we've, we've, uh, we've, uh, we've nutted up and, uh, shut up this year and gotten through the year and, uh, and we got to, uh, got to May. Uh, so Leah's, Leah's going to be celebrating, uh, not having to clean up her classroom and, uh, getting out of the building and uh, they will be out there. And a few weeks after you guys are gone, uh, well, you will have forgotten school actually ever happened. Uh, I will get to leave the building (laughs) because I think we figured today that I leave what, four weeks after uh, Lee and three weeks after Tanea, but um, I also mm-hmm. go back four weeks after you. So yep. it, it all works out in the end. But um, <laughs> so yep. uh, we wanted to think about like, you know, what did we learn from this year? What what have we ta- taken away? And um, somebody uh, had mentioned the phrase uh, COVID keepers in one of my faculty meetings, which is uh, something that I certainly do not want to keep as a phrase. Um, <laughs> no, it sounds like some weird culty sort of you know, organization that you hear about doing subversive things on the news, you the know, COVID, the COVID keepers on the news, oh, the COVID keepers. <laughs> are these people that are not vaccinated? What are they? Do you hear about that group? Yeah. The that group that vaccinated. smashed all those vaccines. Um. <laughs> COVID keepers. Uh, another fx series there you go (laughs) from the bringer the the people who brought you the autozone files uh yes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's been a long year (laughs) yes all right but but uh, let's talk about the year year in review uh school year in review of this term and so let's start with uh uh, one thing that you lost this year that sort of, t- to me, I, the way I was thinking about this is like, you know, everybody keeps on talking about wanting to return to normal, return to normal, return to normal. And there's a part of me that um, if there's anything that the past 18 months certainly has taught me is that returning back to the way things were 18 min- months ago was not a fair and equitable world. So I don't actually want to return no. to the world before 
the pandemic, but there are some things that if I can do them again, it will be a sign that the pandemic is over. So um, like they'll be mean that like teaching can start to progress in a normal way again. So I guess we'll start with like, what's one of those teaching practices that you're hoping to to safely be able to do again, maybe as soon as next year? Lee, what, what's something that, that you're hoping to get back? Group work <laughs> for the love of all that is holy group work, because I miss hearing the kids talk to one another about what they're doing. I miss the chatter. I miss the mm. ahas. You know, I miss the, oh my gosh, I get it. You know, I miss that. I miss <laughs> the noise because I don't even know what y'all's classrooms are like right now, but my room is so freaking quiet. It is scary how quiet it is, you know, because the kids don't talk, even my in-person kids don't talk to each other. Of course, we can't put them in groups to sit either, you know, and so it is just eerily silent in my room every mm. single day. And so I'm, I'm, I'm craving, you know, <laughs> kid noise, right? And I, I never thought I would say that, but I'm craving just students talking to each other and in, in like Tanea said in the other episode, wrestling with information and wrestling with the things that we're learning because mm. they did that you know, they used to do that in the before times. And now, you know, I really think that because we have to distance everybody and then, and, and all of this, that's not happening. And as a consequence, you know, there's just not nearly as much learning that could be going on, you know? So if, if anything, please, can I please just yeah. get my group work back, <laughs> you yeah. know, even if we have to stay just three feet away, can we please just have it back? Yeah. Okay, I my my answer is the same. Yeah. So I really, 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 really miss having kids um be in groups, like maybe groups of like four kids together, three or four. Mm -hmm. But like my the way my classroom is spaced, I am back to having two kids at a desk. Um mm -hmm. and it's just and those desks like my classroom is huge, so those desks get spread way far like across the whole room. But my, so my room is, um, is back to being really loud. <laughs> um, so that's like good, <laughs> but the, but the kids I have, cause I always have somebody on zoom. Um, for the most part, I don't want the people who are on zoom to be totally disconnected. And so when I'm trying to have a discussion, I try to, I, I'll, I'll use Jamboard and, um, Google slides and things like that. And so I still have us sometimes talk through zoom. So I'm not leaving out people who are at home. And so I feel like I'm not able to walk around. The kids can't just write their ideas on the whiteboards. And, um, you know, they're not like they're engaging together. Sometimes they share the screen. Um, sometimes you got to like push them to share the screen with each other when they're in their breakout rooms. So I really miss the group work as well. Um, and the whiteboarding. And I miss like being able to Sometimes we would get up from like our, t our groups and we would, I'd have a part of the room where it was empty and we would maybe go sit in a circle on the floor or um, bring our chairs over there and we'd circle up and we'd have, you know, just like a whiteboard discussion. And I'm, I'm not able to do a whiteboard discussion in that way um, anymore. So I, I really, really, <laughs> I really miss that a lot. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and oh and just uh kids kids being free to walk around yeah. like i hate that yes. i have to tell kids yes. i'm sorry but you have to go sit back down in your seat and i didn't put you on the seating chart there so you cannot go 
and hang out and ask so and so a yeah. question, even though they're gonna they have something to offer you. I know that's you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. We have to be able to contact trace you. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and I, I to me, I mean the the obvious answer, which I I, I tried to avoid for myself, was um, my labs. Um, I have. I have six P100s. I have, <laughs> I have six P20s. I have six, uh, you know, so like I have enough that I can have, ev- I can have my micro pipetters out at the tables to run gels and to do PCR and stuff like that, but they have to be in a group and they have to share them. I don't have an, I, I don't have 16, you know, you know, P20s or P100s in order mm-hmm. to do a PCR lab. So they're actually, I did do a lab where I assigned different group members roles and i put oh, this kid represented this groups like it was just it was terrible like it wasn't they two of the kids couldn't see the table and they like it, it just you know you can't really do any of the molecular labs we do you can't do any of my micro labs you can't do any you can't do any of our molecular modeling kits you can't do any of that stuff that we normally do together um but what you said at the end uh today the walking around like um, I didn't even take, I, I mean, I do with these jigsaw gallery walk. I don't know if they're either really called the jigsaw or gallery work walk. I mean, I know those are what people call them, but I, a very, very common teaching strategy for me is what used to be a series of PowerPoint slides and discussion questions. I will assign them as each group will get one of those discussion questions and they will get either a whiteboard or a uh, they'll get chalk markers or they'll get they'll get they'll they'll answer one of those questions on a table together as a large group. And then I give them an opportunity to go and see the other questions and answers that the other groups do and then come back and we share them. And so they could add comments and they could do that. So it's sort of a half jigsaw, half gallery walk thing. But that's something that, you know, before this year, I would do almost every week in every class I would do. Like I would do it once a week in honors or once a week in AP. And it would be that opportunity for kids to like really grapple with questions and grapple with ideas and discuss them. And I would have kids at the end of class would be go over and take pictures of other groups, like, like whiteboards so that they could document what that, that question was asking. And, Oh, I really like that. Or that was a question I was struggling with. And um, and it was just, it was dynamic. And as you said, Lee, it's noisy. Like my rooms are not quiet. I mean, it, it take my personality, right? Like <laughs> they're like, I would play music going out, you know, like, um, what I did, I do, I did, uh, I, I like to do the speed dating things where we jigsaw and I give them, I give them a role. And then we did that. And then I'll play like, uh, you know, I usually like to pull out like, uh, you know, uh, love Supreme, um, <laughs> play love Supreme in the background, nice little jazz. The kids don't get it, but I'm a big, big jazz pun fan. But anyway, uh, the, the point is I love the dynamic nature of a kinetic moving teenagers are this are kinetic beings. And we are asking them to be silent, stationary beings this year. And that's just not, it's just not as much fun. Like it's just not as much fun. Well, it's like everything we were ever taught about bad teaching, (laughs) right? Like it's everything we know to be bad teaching. I mean, that's what this whole year has felt like to me. It's like I'm doing everything I know constitutes bad teaching, right? And it just, I was telling somebody this yesterday. I said, I feel like a failure every single day. And I just... Uh, it's just been so soul crushing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so soul crushing. And I, I really would like to get back to a time when I don't feel that way every yeah. day. You yeah. know, it's, I, it's I, been a rough just, year, yeah. even isolated yeah, yeah. from other yeah. 
you're isolated from other adults you're just yes i don't know the whole thing has just been weird yeah yeah well and i mean being you know being isolated from other adults not just other adults in my building but you know my colleagues that i see at conferences and yeah. stuff like that you know like guaranteed <laughs> i usually see aaron at least once or twice a year I have not seen Aaron in almost two years yeah. <laughs> physically. Chicago? And I mean, I mean, I think the last time we yeah, saw each Chicago. other was in Chicago. Yeah. In 2019. And, um, you know, I don't know if, you know, we're going to be able to see each other in Atlanta. I don't know if that conference yeah. is in person or not. And so if it's, if it's, yeah. I mean, I don't know, they haven't, they haven't said anything yet. I mean, part of me really wants it to be because I yeah. want to see my people. I miss my people. Um, but part of me also realizes, yeah, we're still in a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> we're still in a pandemic. Um, but I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. And so, you know, but getting to see my colleagues in the flesh is part of what energizes me to teach because I learned so much just from being yeah. around y'all, you know, and talking to you and having conversations with you. You know, and I miss that. I miss that a lot. I've missed that over the last yeah. two years. Well, I was going to say that actually the one thing I, because I, I am a little bit of an introvert within my building that I don't, I don't really mind not having to be around a whole bunch of other adults all the time. Uh, <laughs> like, the, like the one thing about avoiding other adults in the building was, has been a super easy for, thing for me to do. Uh, I mean, very tongue in cheek because uh, <laughs> I, I tend to sort of stick, but I say that um, and I'm lying because the fact is, is that um, I, I have a team that I work with who I spend a lot of time with and normally, and, um, and it's just now, you know, you know, we're recording this, um, you know, in late April, it's just now that we have been vaccinated because, you know, Massachusetts in its infinite wisdom mm -hmm. was, I don't know what, 38th out of all the states to allow teachers to get vaccinated. Um, that like, it's just now that the, the teachers are starting to, you know, everybody's getting vaccinated and mm -hmm. you can start to get comfortable being in a space with other people. And I, I now am comfortable. Like I mm -hmm. just the other day, sat down. I, I had not sat down in the department, in my department center and had a conversation with a colleague until just the last, you know, couple weeks, um, because I was avoiding congregate spaces. And, and weather has a lot to do with this because I, cause we've just been like, even on the, normally I would go grab my lunch and then go back to my classroom and eat lunch by myself. Mm -hmm. But like on the days where I have duty, I would go outside in the courtyard and we have all these lawn chairs that the school mm -hmm. bought. And then they have like a shade structure that they put out there. And then plus all the other normal, you know, tables and chairs so if i do want to see anybody like at lunch is the time where because of the weather is usually mm -hmm. nice we could just sit outside and you take your mask off and you're sitting six feet away from somebody you can enjoy lunch with somebody if you really want to in, in a safe way um that was even prior to us getting vaccinated so i i'm sure that it's not the weather hasn't been the same way like you guys aren't eating lunch outside when it you is. didn't like you February. didn't have you didn't you didn't have <laughs> snow in April. Um, <laughs> my 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 boys had a snow day uh, uh, in April because <laughs> we're at elevation. I can't. I, yeah, I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around that. Yeah, we've I've, we've had a couple of April. Snow, it's not normal. April snow days are not normal. But and we had March was a glorious month weather wise. But uh, but, but yeah, we had a uh, what they said ten inches of snow uh just up the hill from where i live yeah oh my uh, gosh so so also is that what it, 
did you guys continue keeping half the kids like you're still on a hybrid schedule then? yeah so so you can have all the kids eat, eat yeah so may may 3rd is the date where um our our state has decided actually in the beginning of april all elementary went back and middle of april all the middle school went back and by early may all high schools had to go back so um you know as we're recording this we're haven't done it but all the elementary in the middle are now fully back and they have got to do that and um it'll be interesting because they don't have the space at my i know of multiple high schools that didn't have the space for kids to eat lunch in hybrid schedule so how they're going to have all their kids back to do and have lunch or they're going to have half day i i don't know what they're going to do um because i know and this is something that schools are grappling with uh the it was just a state mandate it wasn't a um we don't we don't have well thought out leadership um <laughs> decisions what? okay so and what's the temperature like like in may it's what's it's, the it's fine kids can go out may yeah may, okay. kids can go okay. out in may i mean okay. it's you know it'll be uh, let's see in may in new england it could be anything from 40 degrees to 85 degrees um, like within the same 45 minute period, like that's <laughs> New England, New England has very schizophrenic weather, <laughs> but, uh, I will guarantee you that in, in a week of May, we will usually by mid May, we don't have any more frosts. So like usually by May 10th frost is done. So you don't have like 30 degree weather to start the day anymore, but the weather could be anything from 40 to 85, like really <laughs> anything in between. So it's we live in crazy 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 weather wise but i will say the 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 nice days we get like march was i, I loved march um and and most of april and may are quite lovely here but it, it we do get cold and we get crazy weather weather from time to time so all right well let's let's uh try let's try something else um so this is gonna be easy this is gonna be negative so we're not gonna dwell on it but all right <laughs> pandemic's over you get rid of something from your practice. What's something that you're hoping is not part of your teaching practice over the next couple of years now that we're done? Tanea, what do you boot first? Uh, Zoom calls. <laughs> I am like way beyond Zoom fatigue. <laughs> I I don't want to go on Zoom for one more meeting. I don't want to have another Zoom birthday. <laughs> I don't want to have a Zoom family reunion. I don't want to teach all my classes on Zoom. I don't want my faculty meetings on Zoom. I don't want all the workshops I go to to be on Zoom. I don't want to teach the summer workshops on Zoom. I am so, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sick of Zoom. That's it. Uh, I don't know. A couple of those things I was like, really? Uh, okay, but I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> but Lee loves Zoom, right? Lee, you just want. <laughs> oh God, no! Is no, that what you're booting to? No. Kill it with fire. <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, I'm having to teach some APSIs through Zoom this summer, and I'm not excited about it. In fact, I'm just like, can I please just be with my yeah. teachers so we can actually do labs and stuff? If I never had to do a workshop or a meeting or a social activity or anything through Zoom again, I would just be so so freaking mm. stoked it just i'm i'm done <laughs> i'm done with it i'm done it's so interesting, there you go. I, I am not i'm not over zoom um i i can i know don't get me wrong less zoom <laughs> less less zoom absolutely mm -hmm. uh but i i am not as i'm not as vehemently uh 
uh, anti-Zoom. Um, but um, I'm, I'm going to kill something that I know people who used it and promoted it and liked it before. And I know some some of my colleagues have said, oh, I love I love this and I totally will use this afterwards. But the thing that I am 86ing is Pear Deck. Uh, I will be really? happy to not use Pear Deck anymore. Uh, if I don't have to use Pear Deck anymore, I will be very happy. Because to me, it is a thing that anchors kids in their seats and me to the front of the room. It is fancy PowerPoint. Mm. And I got rid of PowerPoint out of my teaching practice a long time ago. And while I think there are some cool little neat things you can do with it, um, I don't need a tool that mm -hmm. helps me lecture in a cooler way. Um, like that's kind of what I feel like. It's like, yes, I can interactive lecture. But what I could also have my do, do is I could have my kids dynamically moving around the room and and doing other things. There's mm -hmm. there's nothing that we do. Like we have been using Pear Deck to do like hogles. Like we've been doing Pear Decks to do yes. things like like those those you know the the walking around the rooms to do to gallery walk or jigsaw type mm -hmm. things and to me like we've used it in a way to substitute out things that i have better ways of doing them um mm -hmm. and okay so i could i could see why you'd totally yeah. you yeah. know shuttle that then yeah then that that's totally i'll, that I'll totally make my argument sense. for where i can see myself using zoom in the future even though you guys are going to burn it <laughs> you're allowed we're allowed to get rid of anything i don't know if chris chow listens to listens to the podcast but if she does she was a guest and she she told me about pear deck years ago and loved it and i looked at it and i was like mm -hmm. i can see why this would be valuable if i lectured but i don't lecture so um yeah i just i don't lecture so like for me i i have i have shooed lecture away um it's not part of my practice um, so Pear Deck is right. something that makes me do a thing that I spent years getting away from. <laughs> when I say backslide, that's, that's <laughs> the backslide. Um, I'm also, you know, I, I teach one fully online class and then the other classes I teach hybrid. And while they ask us to have students who are, they ask us to have students allowed to be zoomed in, um, to classes. It's something that I very rarely have to do. And that is a terrible situation. So, um, I have not had to be asked to do the worst type of zoom teaching that I know. I know that both of you have mm -hmm. had to do. So I, I, yeah. I, my privilege, uh, my privilege there is, uh, has probably made it so that I don't hate it as much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so now let's get to those, uh, you know, I'm going to call them COVID keepers again, even though I'm never going to say that word, those, that phrase ever again after this, uh, this episode. Um, but, but, but what, what is something that you learned? Like, I know that this has been a terrible year, but we, we've learned things. Like I have learned how to do things. Oh, yes. I was challenged. I did a lot of things way worse, but I learned some things that I am going to be able to make myself get better. And I'm curious what you, what you learned uh, from this year that you're going to take forward that is both going that, you know, what are some, some, maybe it's not transformative, but maybe it's tinker to make things better for you as you go forward. So Lee, what, what's your, what's your takeaway? What's the thing you learned that you're going to, you're going to take from this year and you've, you've gotten better because of it. Um, having a single grading category. Right. Like at the beginning of the semester or the beginning of the year, you know, we were wrestling with, you know, how are we going to work around, you know, because our district has grading regulations that say you've got to have X number of grades, you've got to have um, 
this, you know, so a certain percentage of, uh, what am I trying to say? Very inarticulately. Like tests and Assignments quizzes. can't count more okay. than a certain percent, okay. right? Like a, a, a one grade can't count more than I think it's 25% of a kid's okay. grade, something like that. Um, and, and so we, you know, sometimes have had issues with that because, you know, when we get, we have to have grades every three weeks, right? We have to have, you know, grades submitted every three weeks because we have a state law about, um, you know, called no pass, no play. And they check grades every six weeks for eligibility to make sure that kids are eligible to participate in extracurricular activities. They have to be passing all their classes with a 70 or better. So as a consequence, we as teachers have to submit grades every three weeks. And so the way that that law lines up with our district grading practices <laughs> sometimes doesn't work in our favor because let's say that we get to the three week mark and we've only mm -hmm. got three grades. Well, Hypothetically, if we had the grades categorized, one grade could count as much as 50% or 100% of a kid's grade. Um, and so we decided, you know, I, I told my team, I was like, well, let's get rid of the, the three categories. You know, let's just make it so that we have one category. Every grade goes into the bucket. And if we want to weight things differently, then we can weight them differently. You know, we make these worth, you know, a times half or times one or times 1.5, as opposed to this is 20%, this is 40%, this is 30%, however we had it before. And I'm going to tell you, number one, the world did not end when the, when we did that. Um, because when when I was telling some colleagues that we were doing that, they're like, oh my God, what are you going to do when, when this happens? I'm like, yeah. we're just going to roll with it. Um the kids liked it. The kids felt less stress knowing that, you know, they couldn't, um, one grade wasn't going to tank their whole average like it could before. Um, it also makes it harder for them to game <laughs> the system when you only have one category, right? Because in a, you know, some of our colleagues, they have it set up to where 75% of their work is summative and only 25% is formative. And then, I mean, everybody's, every team has a different grading percentage in the building, right? Well, hypothetically, in a class where 75% of my work is summative and 25% of my work is formative, I could do none of the formative work and all of the summative work. And as long as I'm doing well on all the summative, I can yeah. still pass your class, right? Well, if I only have one category, you got to do everything. <laughs> You've got to do everything because everything is important. You know, every single thing is important in, in our class. And mind you, we don't grade a whole lot of things. Like in a grading period, we may have it just six grades, you know, because the minimum for us is six. And it's not that we don't want to grade a whole lot of things. It's just we don't feel like it's necessary to grade everything, you know, which is a conversation for another time. But single grading category? Yeah, baby, we're keeping that. We're not getting rid of that. Because we're really trying to go toward the gradeless classroom, you know, kind of like Paul yeah. Strode does, or the, the pointless classroom. We're trying to move toward that kind of a model, you know, as much as our admin will allow <laughs> us to. And, you know, so far, they've been very supportive of yeah. our effort to try and go that direction. Um, and it's really, we're trying really hard to kind of work toward more like a an ungrading. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. Johanna Brown and the work that she does, but trying to move toward her model and a hybrid of hers and Paul's models yeah. together, you know, 
and you know my my direct supervisor and my my big boss both you know i've told them both hey this is what we're thinking about doing and they're both like yes here you have our blessing here's the holy water go for it you know so that's that's what we're doing one category that's it yeah I mean, lee and i we, me, you and i will sit down and write a book in two years about um we'll come up with a new name for it that's not gradeless that's not ungraded that we'll we'll have to come up with a new yes. name uh one that we both like yes. um and then we can co-write yes. a book together it's got to be and it's got to be catchy we won't say anything. I, I have no ideas. If I, I wish I had something clever, to, I always have a clever yeah. one-liner, but I don't even have a clever one-liner right now. Uh, but, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> we call it like degrading. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have the cover of it be like one of those demotivational posters. Okay, actually, actually, kind of, I kind of actually like degrading as a really good. Uh, that that might be our, that might be the system. <laughs> Anyway, that would be hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of am on the same journey. So yeah, it, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see there. But um, yeah. yeah, you you brought up a lot of, like, I had so many thoughts. I was like a million miles away as you were talking because I it's it mirrors many of the same conversations I've been having in my building, both before the pandemic and also during the mm -hmm. pandemic. And I was thinking, yeah, I just, one of my classes, I did this. And in the other class, I have a Paul Strode mm -hmm. gradeless system. And both of them had strengths and both of them had weaknesses. So it's, uh, hmm. yeah, I, I thought a lot about grades this year uh, <laughs> in a lot of different ways. Bobbing for apples. I think we all kind of had yeah. to, you know, we all kind of had to just because of the situation yeah. we got thrust into. What were you saying today? Bobbing for apples. I, I, that's just like a title. She said it a bucket, yeah. right? And I was just imagining like all these apples in a yeah, bucket. There you yeah. go. And the kids are trying to get the grade or uh, whatever. And yeah. they have like A, B, C. <laughs> the GPA, Bob. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're trying to avoid, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Tanea, what, what are you keeping from this year? What did you learn that you're going to be part of your practice as you move forward? Okay. Well, honestly, like, honestly, I don't, I think everything's going to be different since I'm, I'm obviously I'm quit, I, I quit, like I didn't resign my contract. I'm going to uh, a new country. <laughs> I'm going to a new school. It's a new um, the the school. The way that they run things, the way their vision for the school is going to be different. So I really have no idea what I'm mm -hmm. keeping. I really don't know. Like a lot, there's a lot that's unknown. I I hope I'm going to be doing some modeling instruction, incorporating it somehow into what I do with um, the project-based learning. But like, I imagine if I'm whiteboarding, um, if I have an opportunity to be doing whiteboarding with students and students are trying to conceptually like, um, you know, maybe like through graphing or a picture diagram or written, written words, they're trying to express their understanding of something. I like the idea that normally we present the whiteboards, we have a discussion and then maybe kids draw what they had in their whiteboard in their lab notebook. But um, since we've been doing things on Google Slides, we have a permanent record mm -hmm. of um, all the whiteboards, like all the things that we discussed throughout the year. And so I like the idea of having that Google Doc where kids can go back and say, oh, what, what was it that I was thinking back in 
you know, the beginning of this unit and they could refer back to it and think about how their ideas mm -hmm. changed. So just, um, just having the Google slides be like our, a record or a document of some of the things that we do. Mm. I like that idea, but like, I honestly have no idea <laughs> what next year is going to be like. Um, so it's kind of weird. I got a welcome video from my, from my new job oh. and I was, I've never been so excited to get a welcome <laughs> video before. I was like, look at that. They, they have like little kids in the video. I'm not going to even teach little kids, but I was like, Oh, look Aww. at the cute little kids in the video. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I will, you know, I, don't I will know. say that this year I have, um, I've done both those things that you've, you've talked about. Um, so I did a modeling activity that spawned out of the, you know, book group that we've been in that I'm sure we're all behind in our reading for our homework that's coming up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've read some yes. uh, stats chapter. Stats chapter. Uh, but the, <laughs> the, 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 the point is that I, I, I did actually from one of the chapters we did, which was on modeling. Um, I did um, do a modeling activity and I actually did a group work activity out of that where I had the kids do an individual model. And then I had at distance, I took the big sticky notes and put them on the board and gave one kid to be the scribe, the sticky notes at distance from other kids that were distanced at desk. And I was able to, cause I have a huge classroom too. And this is back when we're still in hybrid. So I was able to arrange them in space where they could talk to each other at distance with one as the scribe and then bring together sort of that iterative modeling idea of they did an individual model. And then I asked them to build off of those models. And I took screenshots of all of their individual models and I put them into a long slideshow so they could actually see each other's and then build another another model. And then I put them all up on the board and I we discussed them and critiqued them as a class. It was, you would have been very proud, Tanea. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was very iterative modeling, but I took pictures of everything and took screenshots and then I put them into like a slideshow. So there's a document of this was everybody's from group one, they were anonymous, but like group one, these were the four kids in group one and their initial models. This is everybody in group two's initial model. This was group one's collective model that they made after they did the iterative discussion. So there's like a, a, a document that is, or a slideshow that has now like 20 slides in it, which has all of the growing models from the individuals and from the groups as they compiled them. Um, and ideally we'd come back and do it again, but we're not going to, but, um, <laughs> but, but that, that iterative modeling idea, it does have a digital record of, so that, that, that is cool. And I've done some other digital sort of portfolio stuff this year that again, normally I put in a lab notebook, but I didn't want to collect things from kids this year. So, uh, a lot of stuff mm -hmm. I've learned there. So, um, now I'm going to come back and make, uh, the grand defense of zoom. I uh, may, this may be the only grand defense of zoom <laughs> that anybody is going to make after this school year. Uh, but there's two things that I did this year that I could absolutely see coming forward. And, um, those are, I've had zoom office hours, um, uh, twice a week. Um, I have, um, uh, one evening and then one day right after school, uh, for kids to come in. And I, I set up a little calendarly app, uh, where I have like 10 minute schedule times. I actually, um, had them during one of my free periods during the day. So kids couldn't on their asynchronous day comes in there. So actually I ended up making it so that I had over like 20 available slots every week that kids could sign up for and check in if they wanted to, um, and come to office hours. Now on average, I would say I was having about 12 visits 
um, in there with weeks that I gave tests being 20 kids showing up and weeks that I didn't have tests, like four or five kids showing up. But on average, I had about a dozen kids a week were checking in on those. And I was doing them the evening at home using Zoom and kids would check in and do that. And so this was an opportunity for me to have a little 10 minute one-on-one meeting from the comfort of my home, from my little private podcast studio that I possess, um, (laughs) that I was able to uh, have kids check in with me and I could talk to them about work that they wanted and they could share their screen or I could share my screen and we could talk about work. And um, I absolutely would love to keep the concept of office hours available moving forward. And having them in the evening which not right after school where a kid like traditionally I'd give extra help after school, but for a kid who's an athlete um, who has sports right after school or who has a job or things like that, having it be from seven to eight at night on a Tuesday or six to seven at night on a Tuesday allowed me to provide a space for kids to come in and check in by using zoom in a way that made me more available um, for my students. And I would tell you that if it wasn't for me doing these office hours, I do not know that I would have had the rapport I've had, I've developed with my kids. Um, that it's been probably the singular thing that made up for the lack of that close face-to-face chatting conversation that I normally like gives me life. <laughs> like that is the thing that makes the room worth being in, mm-hmm. in the classroom. Uh, that's disappeared this year, but by mm-hmm. having those office hours, I was able to cultivate some relationships that I don't know that I would have been able to given the limitations. And, um, I, I, I'm going to try to have a version of that going forward. And I could see zoom definitely being part of that as I go forward. Um, and then the other thing I did this year, um, again, sort of similar to what today was talking is I did, um, uh, practice essays, peer review practice essays uh, uh, for students, particularly in AP. So what I would do is I would go into the AP classroom, everybody's favorite uh, website, uh, which is totally user-friendly um, and nobody <laughs> without any single complaint. Um, <laughs> uh, no. And I, and I would no. go through uh, what was at only seven or 15 clicks to get to the test bank. <laughs> Oh my god! I think I just made Tanea spill. <laughs> anyway, um, but after just 15 simple clicks, I would get to the test bank and I would search for the topic of the what we were doing and I would look for publicly available FRQs. And I would pull those and I would make a Google Doc and in Google Classroom, I could assign a copy of the essay to every single student in Google Doc and I would have them do this and I had them do it as asynchronous work, which I could very easily do as homework or uh, with my fully remote class, I actually would give them class time to do it um, in class. And then what I would do is I would anonymize their responses and I would put them in groups where I would pull the four members of group one and I would pull their essays and just label them student one's response, student two's response, student three, student four. So they were anonymous. I would put those into a single doc and I would then give them the rubric and their four responses. And I would ask them to collectively grade those. And that's actually what I've done for my Zoom Wednesdays because um, we have a remote Wednesday and I would do that over Zoom over Wednesday. Um, I've done it like a whole bunch of times over the last few months as we as we were getting closer to the AP. And the kids are getting so much better <laughs> at doing this. Like it was like, you know, uh, something that I would often talk about and work on versions of that in the classroom. But I feel like I lost every version of 
essay work that I normally did. And I actually think this is better than anything I've ever done before. I think I've got better at helping my students like write AP essays and score their own AP essays because of the pandemic. I hate to say that I got better at them, but I got, actually think I'm better at doing that now than I was mm -hmm. 12 months ago. Um, and so, yeah, I learned, I learned how to help my students score their own essays. So, so do, would you recommend I try that rather than, cause now you can grade through AP classroom, the kids can self-assess, but I always find out like I ran out of time. Yeah. I, I try to, have them do it in class. And then we try to start grading together in class, but then I run out of time. So now that I've started doing that, because now, because you're right, because just, you know, in April, they made it available that kids could score their, or end of March, they let students score their own. Because of that, my kids actually know how to score mm -hmm. their own essays because we've started scoring essays like four months ago. By t I like basically like I taught them how to be readers. <laughs> I didn't realize I was doing it, but by having them write, you know, practice it, teach them the task verbs and do that, they actually, I think that when I started doing it, the kids couldn't figure out how to use the rubric. Like if you don't teach kids how to use the grading system, then they don't get better. And so just giving them the rubrics to grade on their own, you have, you're, as you said, you have to guide them through it. Um, so I have found that, and I, this is something I'm absolutely going to start doing earlier next year, is that give them these things and let them do it. And so then the funny thing I would do, because I have a grade list system, um, is that I would take the scores that they got and they peer graded. And I would take those scores and I would check them myself very, very loosely. Um, and then I would put whatever those grades were in the grade book. And I said, hey, but if you want to rewrite it and resubmit it, um, I will take your higher grade. So then kids were incentivized to go and work with the <laughs> rubric. So if they missed the prompt and the rubric, they were incentivized to go back and redo it. And my nerds are great at doing work. So they were like, I would say, you know, 90% of them, not everybody went back and redid it, but I would say about 90% of my students who did not have a complete, you know, you know, weren't like at a nine out of 10 or eight, eight out of 10. Basically I said, if you're eight out of 10 or better, whatever, close enough. But anybody who got like a five out of 10 or six out of 10 went back and reworked it. So they had the opportunity to think both about the process, but also the science uh, behind it. And, and I let people redo that. So as I said, I stumbled into this. This is not something that was, uh, I think it was stolen mostly from Mark Eberhardt. Uh, so am I saying his name right from Michigan? Yes. Um, yes. Mark, Mark described mm -hmm. a system that was like that, that he did face to face and I hadn't really tried it. And I had tried a version of it like once with my kids before the pandemic hit. And I didn't think it was very good. Um, and then I basically came up with this as my system. So, um, yeah, I, I think I learned how to do practice essays in a functional way in AP. And now I want to find something that is not an essay, but something similar. And it may be modeling, which is what I was starting to do with modeling with my non-AP students, because I like that iterative process of them answering a question, looking at each other's work, reflecting on it revising and it was really yeah like I, I i really i really love it and i think that several of my students have provided positive feedback now we'll all find out real soon whether it actually helped them get better um <laughs> but <laughs> before, yeah. before the end of the year can we do like a podcasting oscar because uh. <laughs> you should get the oscar like you should be nominated for being the best person at memorizing people's names i don't know how you get these names in your head but i'm like you remember everybody's name i do not i certainly do not uh i have uh 
I, I, I have an, I have a memory for certain types of things. Yes. Uh, I, I've, I have many weaknesses, but, um, but, uh, I, I do, I, I have an affinity for people who come up with good ideas that I steal. Um, and, uh, maybe out of guilt, I learned their names because <laughs> I, I, it certainly wasn't my idea. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, there's so many good, there's so many good teachers. I mean, uh, you two obviously as well of when I think every time I'm modeling, I'm thinking of, of you today, I'm thinking about like the work I'm doing and um, you know, some of the CER stuff I did, I just like straight rip off of Lee. Like it's <laughs> um, so like, uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I think, I think my kids are very fortunate to have me as a teacher, but I am very fortunate to have learned from as, as Lee mentioned earlier, uh, all of our friends. Like if I, I would not be the teacher I am today if it wasn't for, uh, my colleagues, both in my building, but even the the broad national community that we have, um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I am I am very flawed and I do a lot of things poorly, but um, I have a lot of great people I've gotten to le- learn from. So I will I will take that Oscar. Uh, but uh, I would say I, I'm thinking of like Chi, Chi Klein probably mm-hmm. knows everybody's names better than I do. Um, <laughs> she remembers everybody. <laughs> Or Jackie, I bet you Jackie's better that better at than me. Oh yeah, I I could come up with people For who can sure. beat me on that award. <laughs> All right, well, if you learned anything uh, from this year, <laughs> whether it's a it's an app that you never want to see again, uh, which apparently I am the only one who <laughs> de- is not going to delete Zoom off of my computer as soon as the last day of school hits, but uh, barely everybody else is going to do that. But uh, maybe it's a maybe it's an app you want to get rid of completely, or maybe it's a uh, a practice that you picked up or learned uh, from this year. And, you know, maybe all you just learned this year is that you are more resilient than you thought you were. Because if teachers haven't figured that out, I know a lot of teachers who learned about their well of resilience this year um, that that I think um, they should celebrate um, uh, getting through this year and their, their well of resilience that they had. So anything you want to share with us, uh, you can DM or tweet at us at Life of the School. Um, our next episode is going to be episode 120, which will mark five years of making this podcast for me. So I don't have to come up. Congratulations! I don't have to come up with some way to celebrate that. I'm not. I, we, we, I'm not sure what we're going to do, but that will mark both the end of my school year, but also uh, the five years of doing this. So um, uh, we'll have to come up with something to do with that. But. Uh, let me get our credits out here. Please subscribe to Life of the School on your podcast player of choice. Uh, you can get show notes at lifeoftheschool.org or uh, at patreon.com slash lots. If you go to Patreon, you can also chip in a buck or two to help support uh, the making of this podcast, especially if you like what we do. Music on this and every episode is provided by Jake Jenkins and X Magicians. And you can follow us again at Life of the School. So thanks, everybody. And we will see you in June. 